Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. Today's topic is spiritual and religious abuse. Yes, that is our topic for today. We have a lot of information to cover. Let's go ahead on and get started. Now, most people are not aware of spiritual and religious abuse. When they think of abuse, typically the religious sector doesn't come to mind. Yet, this is one of the areas where people are subjected to abuse very frequently. In the name of God or religion, a lot of crimes have been committed against individuals, families, communities, and nations. Unfortunately, these hideous behaviors and atrocities are more common than we know. Most people don't want to talk about the crimes against humanity inflicted on millions of people globally. Somehow, this makes them question their faith, tarnish the reputation of their religious leaders, and expose their hypocrisy. Now, no matter how many times believers try to deny, ignore, suppress, or bury the truth, The facts remain with numerous evidence to expose the abuse committed by religious institutions in the name of God. Now, many people are very uncomfortable having this discussion about religious abuse. And they may take it personal because they feel like it's a direct attack against their belief system. Now, it's important to not take anything personal. Even though you may be a member of some of these religious institutions that have committed some of these abusive behaviors, just because you're in the church, in the mosque, or you're in the temple, doesn't mean that these things can't be happening right in front of you. Just because you don't physically see it, and no one in your congregation may be talking about it, It doesn't mean that it's not happening. Now, obviously, not all religious leaders are corrupt or evil. There are many religious leaders who have good intentions, pure heart, and righteous ways. However, we can't overlook or excuse the wrongful behaviors of the people who are using religion or spirituality as a tool to abuse others. Now, having this conversation about religious abuse is extremely important to help the people who have been victimized or the people who are presently, currently being deceived and misled by these religious leaders. Now, these individuals' lives have been destroyed and they suffered from severe traumatic experiences induced by these abusive religious people. Now, let's briefly look at some of the inhumane acts that have been done under the banner of religious belief. Let's go ahead on and get started because we're going to go ahead on and take a step back. Let's look at what happened in history. And then we'll move forward into the present. Now, many religious beliefs were instrumental in establishing systems of human oppression, exploitation, and enslavement. Most religious texts and books have their gods 
condoning the practice of human objectification, human commodification, and bondage. Religious figures were used to justify the continuation of behaviors that cause human suffering, degradation, injuries, and even death. They promoted the belief that humans are sinners by birth and naturally incapable of doing anything right or being good on their own. All we got to do is stop and do the research. Go look at your religious texts. Go look at your Bible. Go look at your Torah. Look at your Quran or any other religious books. You will see where they talk about slavery and oppression and exportation of other people. All you got to do is go look. It's right in your face. But a lot of people don't want to look at that. They want to bypass it, overlook it, ignore it, or minimize it. But it's right there. All you got to do is read. It's right there. It's funny how people don't want to say that they take the Bible literally. Because some people say, well, I don't take the Bible literally. I mean, it's figuratively, it's symbolic. They can say that. But then, on the other side, they say, oh yeah, the Bible is literal. The Bible, the Quran, the Torah, you know, these books are the word of God. I mean, sometimes they have to make up their mind. I mean, either they're going to take it figuratively or they're going to take it literally. Now, they pick and choose what they want to take literal and what they want to take figuratively. When it comes to the religious books promoting exportation of human beings and enslavement and oppression, they want to just go ahead on and say, well, that's not literal. It's just a story that happened back in those days. We can't take that literally. We can't take that seriously because this is not something that's being promoted right now. This is something that was part of a culture, another way of life. You know, it happened in ancient times. Now you got to make up your mind. Either you're going to take this literally and say everything that is in there is factual, is actual, and is true. Or you're going to say, you know what? Everything in there is symbolic, it's figurative, and it's an allegory, it's a story, and we can't take it at face value. So you got to make up your mind. But unfortunately, a lot of religious leaders, they're using these religious beliefs or concept or ideology to justify right now as we speak, even though this is historical. But as we speak right now, we do have certain people, certain pastors and preachers and priests and rabbis and, you know, and people of different religious persuasion. They're still using their religious text to justify human bondage. Okay, we're going to go ahead and continue. Many religious beliefs advocate and promote the use of violence against people who did not conform to religious doctrines or practices. It was socially acceptable to use harsh and excessive punishment to enforce religious laws and customs. In most religions, violence is used to control the believers. They know that if they don't comply with religious expectations, they can suffer the consequences. They use fear, intimidation, and harassment to enforce compliance with religious standards. Many people feel they are unable to leave or escape from their religious communities due to the constant threats 
coercion, and harassment. They are afraid to question the religious institution's authority or power for fear of physical retaliation from leaders and members of the congregation. They were made to believe that God would curse them or they would suffer in hell for not following scriptures. Now, this is something that we really have to stop and think about because a lot of religion or some spiritual beliefs claim to practice love. Love, the love of God, the love of humanity, the love of people or for other people. But when we look at the reality, a lot of people operating not from love, they're operating from fear. They're operating from fear. Love has nothing to do with this, okay? Majority of religions in the past and right now as we speak as well, they're not promoting love. They're not saying that God is love and God loves you or whatever their deity name may be if they don't call it God. They're not promoting love. They're not suggesting that their creator functions and operates from love. It's all about fear. If you don't obey, you will be condemned. You will be judged. You will be burned in hell. You will get ostracized, rejected, and pushed out of your religious community. So we have to look at what's happening today. Yes, this happened in the past, but it's also happening today. So a lot of people are not staying in their religious communities or they're not maintaining their religious faith out of love and honor and respect for their God. It's simply out of fear. They're afraid that God is going to condemn them for not being a believer. All right, we're going to continue. Many religious beliefs are given the permission by their religious texts to view non-believers as less than human, inferior, or barbaric. Sometimes they classify these people who didn't share their religious beliefs as heathens, pagans, or even devils. They are given the license by their gods to use and abuse these people who are non-believers. Also, they are granted the right based on this belief to go and conquer, enslave, and dominate these individuals that are classified as non-believers. Now, they can go as far as claim their land, resources, and assets while denying these aboriginal, indigenous people access to these same things. Now, some of these quote-quote non-believers were hunted like animals. They were caged like animals and used as the beasts of burden. Some of them were forced through continuous violence and aggression to convert to these same religious beliefs. Others were slaughtered in masses in order to completely take over their country. So this is something that we need to stop and think about. These religious beliefs do, they do, give their practitioners or their believers, they give them permission to go out and just destroy other people and dominate 
and control other people who are not of the same religious persuasion. This is the reality. There are millions of evidence of this happening in the past and it's still happening right now. So this is something that we really have to think about. Now, if if religion is supposed to be about love, about God, about peace, about unity, what is going on? Where? Where are these people getting these things from in terms of the violence, the aggression, the fear? Unfortunately, they're getting it from their religious texts. This is not something that we're making up. All you got to do is go through these religious texts. Again, I stated that earlier and I'm stating it again. Read it and you will see the violence that's being promoted. We'll see it. It's right there. It's hidden in plain sight. It's right in front of you. Go back and read the scriptures. And a lot of people don't want to accept that reality because... It's very painful because that would mean that they are following a set of religious belief that is destructive. That is pretty much anti-life, right? We're going to continue because we have a lot of information to cover. Now, some of these religious groups practice human sacrifice in ritualistic killings. They believe in order to please their gods, to gain favor and good fortune. If they wanted something important, they had to offer something important to them at the altar. Usually that was a child or a virgin woman. They were the victims of these religious murders because that's exactly what they were. These people were being sacrificed in the name of pleasing or appeasing a God. Now, they routinely sacrifice other people as well. When they weren't sacrificing the children or the virgin women, they were sacrificing the criminals, the prisoners of war, the slaves, or any other undesirable person. This is the reality. We really have to stop and look at the reality of what happened in the past in the name of God and what is happening right now. Now, a lot of people have pretty much tried to sanitize these religious doctrines and ideologies and texts. They want to pretty it up. They want to write new versions. They want to leave the old version behind and write the new version as if they could just wipe away all these hideous acts that were committed in the name of God. Okay, all we gotta do is do the research. All we gotta do is find the evidence. There are plenty of evidence to support that a lot of these religious institutions were practicing human sacrifice and ritualistic murders in the name of God, right? Continuing. Now, some of these religious people engaged in ceremonies that included sadistic tortures and inhumane rituals. Now, during these religious rite of passage or initiations, leaders are granted the permission to inflict debilitating pain and excruciating suffering, suffering on members of their congregation. These acts included body modification, 
genital mutilation, castration, circumcision, sexual assault, and rape. Of course, this includes torture. Now, some of these individuals who participated in these ceremonies became physically disabled, psychologically traumatized, and emotionally disturbed. A large percentage of these individuals eventually died as a result of their injuries. This is something that we need to stop and really think about. Again, you don't have to take my word. All you got to do is go find the evidence. It's there. Go through the historical text. In the name of God, these people were committing these hideous acts. What happened to the love? If religion and spirituality is supposed to be based on love, why are we not seeing this love being demonstrated? That's something that we really need to think about and demand an answer from our religious leaders. Where's the love? Where is the love? We have so many different religious groups, so many religious beliefs and ideologies, but the world is lacking love, peace, happiness, unity. So what is going on? How is it that we have all these religions, but yet we have no love? Okay, let's continue. Now, some of these religious beliefs promoted misogyny, which includes the oppression and subjugation of females. The majority of Western religions are based on patriarchal values and culture, which promote female inferiority and male supremacy. Male dominance and female submission is advocated. Religious texts and stories are used to condone the practice of discriminating against females and assigning them a lower social status. Religious beliefs are used to create and reinforce sexist cultural practices used to treat women as second-class citizens. Now, many societies use sexist religious doctrines to deny females their civil and human rights. Now, females were excluded from many professions, prevented from owning property, blocked from education opportunities, and denied economical resources because of religious belief. This is what they use to justify that women are inferior and subservient and less than and not good enough and they're not valuable as males because they claim that their religious texts support this ideology. They claim that their gods gave man, the male, the authority to dominate and control women. Now, this is not something that I'm making up. All you got to do is go ahead on and read the text. Many of these religious groups, women cannot participate in the leadership. They cannot be pastors and preachers and teachers. They can't because they're not allowed to be due to the religious text or ideology of that group. And a lot of women experience this today. We're not talking about something that happened in the 1600s or 1300s and 
something that happened 3,000 years ago. We're talking about something that's happening right now. Many women are not allowed to teach anything from the religious text. And some women are not allowed to go into certain temples or religious facilities. They're not allowed to do certain things, especially if they're having their ministration. They're not allowed to teach a man. I mean, this is what's happening in the world now. What happened to the love? Because remember, religion is supposed to be about God and God is supposed to be about love. Love is about unity. It's about respect. It's about empowering people so they can be better. They can be greater. They can aspire to be or inspire to be the better version of themselves. What happened to this? Because people keep talking about religion like it's the be all and and it's going to save everybody. But as we are going through this list, I mean, we don't see the good that's coming out of religion. Let's go ahead on and continue. Now, some of these religious institutions intentionally use their religious beliefs to establish and maintain control over the masses. Basically, it's mind control. They discourage people from thinking outside the religious box and they punish them for questioning the word of God. They want blind allegiance to the religious institution and complete trust in religious leaders. Their intention is not to help people grow to become self-sufficient and independent of the religious institutions. They want to always be the middleman between God and humanity. They want to facilitate the relationship between God and individuals. This placed them in the position of always having power to influence people's mind, decisions, and behaviors. So a lot of people use religion as a form of mind control, mind manipulation. They take the power that the people give them because the people trust them. They trust them with their health, with their lives, with their families, with the decisions they are making. They're hoping that these religious people would guide them into making better choices to help them become better people. But unfortunately, because a lot of these people who are religious are abusive, this is not a judgment call. This is based on their actions. Because if they're not doing anything to help people, and you're doing things deliberately to hurt people, to make them dependent on you, to take away their free will, then of course, it's not good. Let's continue. Now, some of these religious institutions are more focused on obtaining money, wealth, and material things instead of human salvation. Now, these institutions place a lot of emphasis on securing possessions of high monetary value. Now, they seek big contributions from members of their congregations and community partners, such as businesses and other organizations. Now, some of these institutions charge fees for their services and mandate financial donation in the form of monthly ties and love offerings. Some people are pressured or coerced into giving money when they are not in the financial position 
to do so. Usually, when believers are in a financial crisis or abject poverty, they are not provided assistance from the same religious institutions they have supported over the years. Now, this is financial abuse. We have a lot of religious leaders financially abusing members of their congregations. Now, these people are broke. They're poor. They don't have anything. But they are pretty much coerced or intimidated into giving up the little that they do have while they get nothing in return in terms of financial gain. Some people have to tie or give money or the 10% off their social security benefits. They have to give out of their unemployment. They have to give out of loans that they borrow. Now, we can see this as a form of taxation from the church or the religious institution. And a lot of people, you know, they're kind of confused about that because they think that it is necessary for them to give what they don't have. Now, this is a form of abuse. So since we're talking about religious and spiritual abuse, a lot of people don't think about giving when you don't have, being forced to give, being pressured, manipulated to give is definitely a form of financial abuse. And some people, they cannot control their own finances. They have to consult their religious leaders before they do anything with their own money. If they're going to make a financial decision, they have to consult or get permission from their religious leaders. And some people may think this is just an occult. This is not a typical church or mosque or temple. But unfortunately, we do have some people who go through this on a weekly basis or a monthly basis. It's like they're getting audited by their pastor or preacher or priest. You know, they have to pretty much report the money that they make so they know how much to ask them for or how much for them to get out of that. Right? So this is a form of abuse. We're going to continue. Now, some religious beliefs promote division, separation, and disunity among people instead of love and peace. Religious members are warned to stay away from non-believers and not to socialize with them. They are told to walk away and end all relationships with any family member, friend, neighbor, co-worker, or associate if they don't share the same religious beliefs. They promote ways to divide people instead of ways to bring people together. They're not trying to foster a sense of unity among family, community, or nation. They preach the us versus them gospel. They discourage fellowship between non-believers. But how can people gain respect, understanding, and appreciation for each other if they don't spend time together? They're not allowed to get to know each other on a personal basis. So unfortunately, this is what's happening. It is unfortunate. I'm going to keep repeating that because something that's supposed to be about love, based on love, promote love, and spread love, obviously this is not a loving behavior. 
that is being promoted by religious leaders or religious institutions. So if, if they're promoting division, don't like other people because they don't believe what you believe. Stay away from other people because they don't believe what you believe. I mean, that's causing a lot of problems. Now, I can understand if those other people who don't believe are creating havoc in your life. You know, they're destroying you or they're negatively influencing you. They're hurting you. Yes, I mean, that's common sense. You don't need the pastor or the preacher to tell you to stay away from these people. You just need to stay away from them because they're not doing anything to contribute to your personal growth and development or your wellness. But this is not the case. They're telling you who's they. Religious institutions. They're telling you, religious leaders, they're telling you that based on their Bible, Torah, or Quran, or whatever biblical scripture they have, that you have to stay away from non-believers because you don't want to be what they say, unequally yoked. Therefore, you can't have friends who have other belief system that's not similar to yours. You can't socialize with them. You can't hang out with them. You can't talk to them. Now, again, I can understand that these people living a dysfunctional, toxic, or abusive lifestyle or a very detrimental lifestyle. We can understand that you stay away from those type of people, but that's not what's going on, right? Continuing, some religious institutions are notorious for committing hideous acts on individuals in groups of people. Their members have been caught in criminal activities and scandals. They have been charged with crime against humanity for sanctioning and engaging in ruthless behaviors while publicly speaking against these things. Now, let's just go ahead on and give some examples of that. You know, we hear them telling you, don't do this, don't do that. You're going to hell if you do this. You're going to hell if you do that. But when you do a little bit investigation, all right, you're going to discover and uncover that these same people are doing the same things that they're preaching against. We call this religious hypocrisy. That's what we call it. So let's give some examples. We have religious institutions and their members actually owning, trading, buying, and selling slaves. They unapologetically engage in the slave trade, handling human cargo on all levels. They sanctioned human trafficking and supported all the businesses that were part of this industry. They even used their religious text to justify it. This is unfortunate. A lot of people could be like, oh no, not my religion, not my pastor, not my preacher. But there's evidence. We're talking about historically and we're talking about presently. A lot of religious institutions, they are directly or indirectly involved in human trafficking in the form of slavery, human bondage, all types of human exportation. This is a fact. Now, religious institutions and their members were involved in sexual exploitation of children, women and men. Millions of people were sexually assaulted, molested, and raped by religious members. This is something that is a known fact. Some of these people, particularly the pastors, the priests, and even some of the nuns, there were a lot of lawsuits brought against them. A lot of the victims were compensated for their mental, emotional, and physical injuries as a result of being sexually violated. We have numerous articles 
exposing the Catholic Church, the Protestant Church, the Jewish mosque, the Muslim mosque. We have hundreds of reports globally of these religious leaders engaging in pedophilia, which is the sexual abuse of children and also the sexual abuse of women and even men. So this is a fact. So we have to take a closer look at these religious institutions. They have been abusing people for centuries. Now, am I saying that all religious groups are doing this? Maybe not all of them, but the majority of them are doing it. And it's time that people stop looking the other way pretending that these things are not happening. Now let's just do one more. Some religious institutions do everything possible to prevent the overall progress in society. They discourage any type of intellectual activity, social interaction, or cultural practices that didn't include their religious belief. They don't support the advancement in science, politics, education, or technology. They don't promote human development and personal growth in any way. They consider all of these fields to be against their religious doctrines or belief. Now, people who were advocating change using these fields were considered to be hectics or or traitors. They were ridiculed or attacked. Now, this is something that we need to look closely at. Now, a lot of people believe that if they're religious, If they believe in a God or deity, they can't get involved or engage in other areas of life activities, such as politics, education, economics, culture, customs. You know, they feel like the only thing that they can do is just be religious, excluding other areas of their life. So they're not holistic. They're not balanced. It's one extreme or another. Either they believe everything or they don't believe anything. And we see a lot of people, their religious beliefs, their religious texts and doctrines state that they can't engage in worldly things. And worldly things basically are anything that don't promote their religious belief. They can't listen to certain worldly music, even though it may not be including negativity or profanity and may not speaking anything that's bad and may not be promoting anything that bad but because it's not specifically promoting their religious doctrine they're discouraged from listening to that type of music they're not able to read certain books attend certain lectures or watch certain documentaries because these things don't support or advocate their religious belief a lot of people are pretty much made to be ignorant They stay naive because they're not allowed to explore the world as they should, right? I mean, people are given a brain for a reason. You're given a brain because you could think. You have intelligence. You can use your critical thinking skills. You could analyze what's going on in the world and get a greater understanding of life, of yourself, of other people, how things function. But... Unfortunately, a lot of religious people, spiritual people who claim they're spiritual, who claim they're religious, a lot of them are very naive. You know, they're sheltered. They're very close-minded because they're not allowed to venture out that religious paradigm, that, that 
religious perspective. That's the only thing that they can see is their own religious perspective. They're not allowed to see things from a global perspective or a broader perspective or from a universal perspective. They are only allowed to see things within, within their own religious perspective. So this is something that we really need to stop and think about. If you are part of, of a church or a mosque or a temple and you cannot study anything that's non-religious, I mean, that's very limiting. That's going to stop you from expanding your consciousness, expanding your intelligence. The brain is like any other muscle. You don't use it, you lose it. Right? You have to use your mind. But unfortunately, a lot of religious leaders, they pretty much suppress their religious members or congregation from advancing. And some people, even though they are very educated, and maybe they have degrees, bachelors, masters, even PhD, but they are still taught to see the world from only a religious lens, from a religious perspective. They are not allowed to see the world from a greater or broader view. So even though they're smart, even though they can process book knowledge, even though they can regurgitate information, but they still don't have the level of wisdom they should have because they're not able to expand their level of awareness. They're only allowed to see it through a tunnel vision, 